Hello, thank you for joining us. It's another episode of Friendly Reminder. It's November the 7th. We're a few days, we're five days after the election. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a good day. Yeah, Sam, thank you for joining me. Yeah, the, thank you. It's, we all have it's stupid awesome. smiles pasted on our faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're just like, <laughs> so, folks, it's been a long year. Let's be honest. Throughout this entire year, we've faced a lot of difficult circumstances that we could have not imagined uh, any time before then. Uh, we've had a long four years since 2016, where almost every day we've been dreading the direction of our country and whether by the end of all of this, we'd even have a democracy left. It's been a tough time for all of us. And there's nothing that's going to erase these yeah, last years. I was about years. to be like, and we solved it all. <laughs> no, there's nothing that can take that all away. But I do think that for today, myself, us here, and I think everybody listening can take some solace, a little bit of comfort by saying the following. Donald Trump has lost re-election. Joe Biden will be the 46th president of the Ooh. United States. Congratulations, Daniel. Every reminder defeated Donald Trump. Oh, God. It so was good. the plan all along. <laughs> you didn't see us coming, Donald. <laughs> yes, uh, just moments ago, Donald Trump uh, was defeated. Joe Biden was announced, uh, projected to be president-elect. Uh, the 40, He's going to be the 46th president of the United States. Pennsylvania was called just a few hours ago or maybe an hour ago after days, five days of just anxiety, of, of suffering. We finally have our answer. We, would, we do not get four more years of Donald Trump. Yeah, the media waited a long time to call it. They pro the race has not changed appreciably since like last night, since, since Biden overtook Trump in Georgia, basically. They could have called it, but I think they were being very, very cautious. I think they were being overly cautious. But I think they were being very overly cautious, yeah. but Yeah, and you know, we were actually going to record this episode several hours ago. We actually made the right call of maybe deciding to wait because I had this feeling in my gut that the race was going to be called right in the middle of our recording, and that would have happened if that were the, if we actually went with that. So, and the Episode would have been out of date immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, that didn't happen. Uh, we can all celebrate together. So let's just go around. You know, we just hours ago or an hour ago. Sam, how do you feel right now? I feel elated. I uh, I feel there's ninety nine as in as in this election. There's ninety nine percent of me feeling excited. Excited ecstatic and then there's that one percent of um just like in pennsylvania and georgia that one percent is like he's gonna run again <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to it no i'm just kidding i'm not Listen, looking forward to it the nightmare goes on ah, but we'll think about that another day yeah daniel uh -huh. how are you feeling right now I mean, I, I have to sit here because we're recording this podcast, but if not, I would be standing up and just like dancing. I, I, I'm feeling happier than I have uh, about the state of the country in a long time, which is kind of funny because it, this election did kind of come down to, I mean, look, Joe Biden is going to blow the popular vote away. I'm talking, I, I would not be shocked if we saw 6 million uh, people, like clearly this country does not like uh, Trump. Uh, but at the same time, it came down to such a razor's edge, like way yeah. closer than it should have been um, by any reasonable measure. Uh, but it doesn't matter because we won. <laughs> and I was yep. dancing around and I'm happy. <laughs> I, I cursed very loudly when I found out and yelled, yes, beep, yes. So I had the benefit of, you know, 
right after we decided to delay our recording, I went ahead and um, decided to walk the dog. Uh, and I and I always take him to Is this. Is that figuratively uh, or no, no? Like I literally went on a walk with my dog, uh, my golden retriever, um, and I take him by by a river here. So it's a nice, clear, open space. And I was checking my phone the entire time. Usually, I listen to podcasts during that time, but I was just on my phone. Um, knowing that the votes in Pennsylvania were coming in. And I saw the call. I saw it on Twitter. Uh, and again, wide open space. I just yelled, fuck <laughs> yes, as loud as I possibly could. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a burden was, was uh, lifted. Uh, but let's talk about the results. So let's talk about the election. Because again, it, it, it was a, we were right. Uh, let's, let's actually pat ourselves on the back uh, because you know, prior episode, we mentioned that we could we could very well have a scenario where Donald Trump wins Florida. Donald Trump looks like he's going to win North Carolina. Uh, and it comes down to the states that we basically worried about, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. And we weren't going to know the results because uh, most of the vote, especially the Democratic vote, was coming by mail. And that was just going to take a few days to to go ahead and get counted. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, it wasn't like the that it, they have to like wait for it to come and then count it. It's that the Republicans purposefully delayed all this stuff in order to cast aspersions on the vote that in order to basically create this scenario where, you know, they thought Trump would be closer on election night uh, than he was. And then the blue the blue wave would sort of hit after that. Uh, and they were going to cast aspersions on the late votes. Uh, so th this was they're doing this all of this anxiety could have been avoided that that is what frustrated me about these days and days of stressing out about them counting votes is that it could have been like florida we could have had the answer on election night um and this answer but we didn't because republicans didn't want us to have it on election night i was yeah, actually but... surprised that michigan and wisconsin were called um on election night yeah, uh, they weren't called on election night. I don't believe they were called uh, really? the day after. Yeah, it was, oh. but it was still pretty short. Like I think it was it the was morning. Uh, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it did come down to the blue wall. Uh, do, uh, Donald Trump won Florida. He won North Carolina. Uh, I had some fleeting hope for Texas, but no, that turned that did not turn out to be the case. Uh, Donald Trump won Texas. Fairly comfortably. It's still within the closest margin that it's been in a very long time, but it's still like, I think it's right now, like within five, six points. Um, he I, he did clear those states uh, fairly comfortably, uh, but it went down to the blue wall, which really is more like it's a, a bit of a makeshift wall. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a hastily put back together. I mean, you can't even yeah. say the blue wall is back because that we didn't have it in 2016, so it's not a wall. It's like the blue. It's just the states that that Joe Biden wanted to win the presidency, and yeah. every Repu every Democrat is going to have to fight for them. Yeah, and I mean, I think in this case that that that's where uh, most of the eyes uh, were on in on election night. And I, I mean, Donald Trump, both Donald Trump and uh, Joe Biden campaigned in all three states uh, quite a bit. Uh, but yes, it. In Wisconsin, it was a very, very small uh, Joe Biden win. I believe he won by 20,000. In Michigan, it was much more comfortable than that. I believe he's over 100K right now, about a 3% lead. In Pennsylvania, that was just called today. The margin there could get bigger. Uh, we don't know yet. Right now, I believe it's over th uh, 30K. So uh, it's 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 still still pretty, pretty close in, in, in all three states. Uh, Joe Biden right now stands to perhaps pick up Arizona. The margin there is getting smaller. So we, we, we don't know that that could uh, that could be the case. We have yet to find out. And he may pick up Georgia, which would be huge. I mean, those those were three pretty prominent Republican states. The uh, Georgia, for example, a, a Democrat has not won Georgia since uh, Bill Clinton won it in 92. So he's he's ahead in Georgia, isn't he? Biden. They also yeah. called Nevada for Biden. Yeah, Nevada, which was which would have been the one state that Donald Trump could pick up that he did not win in 2016, which, uh, you know, Daniel, you mentioned that you you thought that uh, Nevada was going to be closer than most people thought. And maybe Trump was going to win there. And it's uh, you know, he's Joe Biden is up by two points. It's it's not too, too close. But I think it's definitely showing that Nevada cannot be taken for granted. I mean, it's it's uh, Republicans can make a play in that state. Mm -hmm. But it, 
either way it looks like joe biden is going to or no he he has been to declared to be the winner in that state or projected to be the winner by by mm-hmm. outlets uh so we actually may end up with joe biden winning 306 electoral votes which <laughs> ironically enough is about is the exact same that donald trump won in 2006 in the biggest landslide ever according to <laughs> yeah <him. laughs> the greatest landslide oh my god time. joe biden won the biggest landslide of all time that's crazy wow. yeah that so, is pretty weird it? how it's like it's the exact same as last the last election no it's not weird dude it's because it turns on the same like five states on like raised within margins back and forth like it's not weird like looking at the and it wasn't a landslide either like looking at the electoral college those numbers are incredibly misleading (laughs) because they don't really reflect like a reality they just reflect the totaling of separate races in different states yeah, and you know, to piggyback on top of that, let's let's remember that in 2016 there was this uh, uh, commentary, this narrative that Donald Trump has a mandate because he won those states, he won those uh, quote unquote blue states that nobody ever thought he won, and he won 306 electoral votes, even though he won those states by less than 70,000, um, or actually, I believe it was 77,000 votes across uh, all three states. Yeah, across mm-hmm. all three states, uh, and he lost the popular vote. Uh, Joe Biden is going to win the popular vote by a very, very comfortable margin, and he won those three states by a way higher. In fact, just Michigan alone, it's higher than than what it was in all three states for for Donald Trump in 2016. So I don't know if you can see it, but I'm dancing. <laughs> <laughs> However, let's let's also look at the flip side of the election because it's just not the presidency that we're talking about. Democrats did not do particularly well. Uh, in the House, they lost seats, uh, I believe. I don't know where it's at right now. Well, somewhere between 7 to 14 seats, which was a very surprising result. Uh, they still keep the majority, but it's, it's a much smaller majority now. And in the Senate, uh, Democrats either have lost or uh, look like they're going to lose some prominent races. Uh, Susan Collins won in Maine. Uh, uh, the, can- the Democratic candidate there, Gideon, was seen as a heavy favorite, and that did not uh that did not turn out to be the case and it looks like what's his name tom tillis republican in north carolina looks like he's going to win re-election there defeating uh the challenger cal cunningham was caught in a scandal where he was sexting somebody or sexting one of his uh uh campaign workers i don't know the exact details i don't know if it had an influence or not if it were if it was just you know already baked in that that Tom Tillis was going to win re-election there. But the big picture is that right now, Democrats have a very small shot at getting a, a split 50-50 because there they are, are going to be two races in Georgia uh, that are going to a runoff. If they win both of those races, then it'll be 50 Republican senators and 50 Democratic senators with Vice President Kamala Harris, which we're going to talk about also, uh, casting the deciding vote, which technically would mean a Democratic majority. But that's the best case scenario. And that's a very, very, I mean, that's barely a majority at all. Do we know the the reason? I guess I guess it's multiple reasons, but do we know why this was sort of this? Uh, was it a lot of split tickets in swing states? Uh, I mean, clearly the polls were wrong, or at least it seems like they're going to come out to be not maybe not as wrong as people thought on election night, but certainly very bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know, and it. Yeah, it's going to take some some real work to figure out what exactly happened. See, it seems like what happened is, you know, we're pundits, so we will just speculate baselessly. It seems like what happened is while uh, Joe Biden got a lot more support in the suburbs um, of a lot of states, uh, which was very strong, and, you know, he got a lot, a, a good amount of Democratic turnout. It seems like Trump was able to scrape off, or Republicans were able to scrape off, uh, a decent-sized number of Hispanic voters and Black voters. T- not, not, and decent-sized means, like, very, very small, but, but you know, enough to, at the margin, potentially make a difference. It also seems like Trump was able to supercharge the rural districts that he was able to do so well in in 2016 um, to the point where a lot of that new new Democratic suburban vote was 
washed out by these by this uh, increased rural vote that was, uh, I guess, low propensity in 2016. Like they didn't vote in 2016. They saw Trump and liked him, so they turned out. Again, that's that's one potential narrative. I think, but what does that mean going forward? Especially if if these if Joe Biden, if the Democratic Party is drawing, or you know, Joe Biden at least is drawing his strength from these split ticket voters who who gave him a <laughs> who gave him a Mitch McConnell Senate and a House that was like on razor. I, it's hard to again. You can't you, you can't draw some sort of rational decision out of this messy system uh but i mean clearly at some level some people at the margin were interested in handing joe biden a divided government <laughs> which which yeah. maybe means they they hated trump but they are basically republicans or moderates so they were like okay let's get joe biden but let's keep a leash on him yeah i mean that is one of the theories that's being uh, speculated right now let's keep in mind that it's still very early. Um, a lot of the information that we're getting uh, is coming from exit polls, which historically have not been particularly great, but they're probably not going to be, they're probably going to be even worse uh, this particular year because it's during a pandemic. So it, they may not be, part, you know, even close to being accurate. Um, well, but the polls right adjusted for that. So they got it. Don't worry. Yeah. And they adjusted. Yeah. <laughs> they just like changed they the adjusted for the Yeah, exactly. Just like after 2016 they changed it and this year they got it. They got it. Yeah. 100%, man. Dude, how were they were they more they were more wrong this year than in yeah, 2016. They were. So when that did they change it in the wrong direction? They didn't. So, so what happened? So let's talk about it. I mean, we, we've already made that transition. Let's talk about the polls. Uh you know, I'm somebody that bring that I brought up the polls uh, leading up to this direction. When it comes to the polls, I see them as a valuable tool going into uh, into an election because it's people trying to conduct scientific surveys and trying to get an an, an understanding of an, the American electorate and not, uh, you know, not have everything be based off punditry and and people just sitting uh, sitting in their couches to assuming what the what the people are thinking, or in their podcast studios, or in their <laughs> podcast studios like we're doing right now. But I, you know, I and everybody else can only depend on the polls if the, the methodology is sound and if the results are somewhat close to the actual election. The polls were, at least at the, from what we know right now, were significantly wrong. And I don't know exactly what can be changed because it looks like, you know, go, going into this, the, the entire argument was that they changed the uh, the way they weighted uh, a what is it, non-educated white voters? Uh, mm -hmm. And that should, you know, make up for, for some of the error in 2016. It didn't. And they were just as wrong, at least when it comes to the margins. I guess if there's anything that pollsters can say right now is that out of 48, uh, out of 50 states, they technically got uh, a 48 right. It was really North Carolina, in terms of the presidency, it was North Carolina and Florida that, that ended up being wrong. But in terms of the margin, they were off. Especially yeah. look at Wisconsin, um, which most polls had him Joe Biden being up eight, nine. There was even a poll, and it was a from a high quality pollster. I forget exactly. I think it was ABC Washington Post uh, saying that Joe Biden was up by seventeen points. It ended up being by less than a. Susan Collins has not been down in a poll, or sorry, has not been up in a poll since I think July. Yeah. I just feel like a lot of the a lot of the local polls were very very wrong too. Yes, like it was actually worse on a, on the Senate level, on the House level. Uh, the district polls were were pretty off in in terms of House races, and uh, the campaign's internal polls were apparently all off too. Yeah, I don't know. You know, you mentioned it, Sam, a couple of episodes ago. If the polls were wrong again, are people going to trust them going forward? And as somebody, myself, speaking for myself, who just about every election, I look at the polls for some sort of guidance of where, where the race is going. I'm not entirely sure I can I can put any kind of trust uh, uh, into them anymore because it's it, it almost seems like we're we're just flying into this blind <laughs> and it just and I think that is more scary 
then because if we don't have something to guide us that is terrifying to me politicians make the, the I, I mean political campaigns make their strategic decisions based on not based not sometimes based on media polls but also heavily based on their internal polling and if what i'm hearing is correct the internal polling was just as wrong as a lot of the media polling the biggest problem here is just a resource situation. How do you know where to allocate your resources if you can't tell which races are close? The presidency is really the least of is really the uh, the least of the issues. And what about polls on policy, you know, polls that say this amount of Americans want universal health care or don't want universal health care or or do uh do want to defund the police or not defund the police like Yeah, although do they put uh likely voter screens on those? No, I don't think be, they do. So, so they're probably a little more accurate because they're probably just getting raw, raw samples of the population. So it's probably a little right. different. But but at the same time, you're you're right that the one of the problems with polling appears to be that you, so few people respond to polls that you're what you're essentially doing is when you when you like say weight a uh, white working class or white non educated. Uh, voters, you you pump it up, but you're reach maybe you're reaching so few of those people. As you pump it up, you're increasing your error, and the non-representative individuals that you're calling, you're less likely to be representative. Apparently, you're less likely to be representative of your non-educated working class constituency if you're answering these polls. Is is potentially one of the problems? Well, I don't know. You tell me if I am. I just am I just armchair juggling at this point just coming up with something to explain it but well i mean i think that's all we can do because there's yeah. no trafalgar is trafalgar is trafalgar should we just follow him trafalgar was wrong they, i know it's they, not a guy but they the trafalgar had um donald trump winning michigan wisconsin and pennsylvania they were they were in arizona they were wrong about all of that so they're not well, they, were, uh, they, they were close they were closer to the margin, but they didn't tell us. Who's, they didn't help us. But um, I don't know because you, you know, the other theory is the whole shy Trump voter theory that that they're either lying or they just don't want to say that that they're going to vote for Trump. But that doesn't really explain it either because if you look at the polling in Maine, uh, the the presidential polling there was correct. Uh, Joe Biden won by like ten points, but Susan Collins well overperformed her uh, her polling. Uh, what are, are they shy Susan Collins voters? Like they don't they don't want to come out and say they they, they like Susan Collins. Um, although shy, shy, Susan, shy Susan Collins is kind of on brand for her. So like maybe I like that theory. I, uh, I would be ashamed of supporting Susan Collins. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they. Yeah, are. Don't support her. Maybe I secretly do. I think there's obviously going to have to be a lot of reflection when it comes to pollsters. Uh, I, I actually still think modeling was okay uh you know with with 538 and and others i think obviously they work with the polls uh but they provide some guidance in saying hey this could be wrong the whole point in averaging polls together is to try to erase some of the error uh or try to minimize some of the error and to account for the possibility of correlated polling error so it's not shocking that that uh that they do better than just like individual polls or even even uh polls special polls that use special sauce factors like trafalgar <laughs> well i mean i i don't i don't know where polling goes goes from here that being said i'm probably saying all of this and then uh come 2024 i'm going to be refreshing whatever 538 website website is at that time over and over and over again before election so yeah the polls were wrong and right now it, it's it's concerning that they were wrong uh in 2020 they were wrong in 2016 and they were actually I was, I was listening to the 538 podcast but they were actually pretty wrong in 2014 also the only time they were pretty successful is 2018 and all of them were in favor of republicans for some reason they're never wrong in our direction come on polls like where's the blue wave <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's leave that subject because i want to talk a little bit about the m&m future uh, um, a little bit further than that but let's talk about Donald Trump and what he may do, because I hate to tell you guys, but Donald Trump is going to be president until January the 20th. Uh, we're not out of the woods yet in terms of just dealing with him on a daily basis. He's going to be pres uh, president for several months. And it, every, every indication that he's given right now is that he is not going to concede the election and he is going to challenge it in court. So, Daniel, I'm going to start with you. Uh, 
if if you don't mind let's go through his uh through his uh legal argument on how he should be president of the this is breaking news guys donald trump just tweeted i won this election by a lot we need i think we need to get someone to look into this uh yeah he is president so <laughs> he is currently the president these legal arguments i'm not going to say that they're not going to be able to steal the election because i think they're going to do their best to try they've stacked the courts with right-wing hacks uh they're prepared to just make the dumbest arguments possible you know kavanaugh we talked about how kavanaugh helped set it up by you know uh citing to bush versus gore repeatedly in their election related decisions and and basically saying the if the if it's not decided on election night that could be sketchy and and we're going to look at it so so they're definitely they've definitely been planning this for a long time they purposefully delayed the vote so they could cast dispersions on it but the problem is you know when you get into court you can't just kind of bullshit like you can on fox news <laughs> you kind of got to actually come up with something for the judge to even if a judge is biased even if a judge wants to come come out a certain way you got to give them something to hang their hat on or they're not going to be able they can't just you can't just print out a president the president's tweet and give it to the judge and say this is evidence so <laughs> they've already filed several lawsuits and several have just been dismissed out of hand by Trump judges. They don't seem to have any kind of actual legal strategy. I was reading this Wall Street Journal piece about how uh, Jared Kushner was getting on the call and trying to find someone to spearhead a legal strategy like the day of the election. Like they didn't, <laughs> like, uh, but they didn't have any kind of concerted legal strategy, um, which I find really, really fucking funny because their plan was to cheat using the courts. I I'll say that again. Their plan was to cheat using the courts and they forgot to hire like a lawyer or a team of lawyers. <laughs> they were like, okay, we'll be hiring a lawyer on the day after. Like it, it's just, they're just not going to get anywhere. They're going to have to find judges. And again, I'm not going to rule this out because I think three or four of the judges on the Supreme Court would basically buy whatever bullshit Trump would hand them on a plate. Um, I mean, definitely three of them. Definitely three of them. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be able to come up with anything. Maybe something will crystallize in the next few days. But all Hope of these arguments not. are so incredibly pathetic. Nobody's they're just not serious legal arguments um, that 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 they're getting laughed out of court by Trump judges. Because, you know, when when Fox News has on for 24 hours talking about how Philadelphia was locking out uh, legal observers and then when the lawyer for for the Trump campaign gets into court and has to admit to the judge that, yeah, there were hundreds of legal observers. <laughs> there were already hundreds of legal observers in the room where, where they're saying that people were locked out, where Fox News has been saying for 24 hours. Uh, you can't do anything with that. Even if you're even if you're a corrupt judge, you can't do anything. You have to have something, some sort of evidence, and they don't have anything. So, I, you know, again, I'm not putting it out of the realm of possibility that they steal this and they're going to pull out all the stops. They have been pulling out all the stops, but it does not seem like they have any kind of evidence. You know, that doesn't matter for Fox News. That doesn't matter for the base of the Republican Party, who all almost uniformly believe this thing was rigged based on nothing. Just just the thinnest, thinnest evidence. Just the thinnest, thin I can't even call it evidence. Just the thinnest, thinnest rumors. I mean, you, you saw some of this stuff because in our group chat... Uh, we have a friend who posts some of this stuff in there sometimes, and it was like, oh, look, there, there's a bunch of votes coming in for Biden all of a sudden, like 40,000. And then, hey, it turned out that, that that these glitches happen all the time, and they're corrected within minutes often. Um, and that's totally normal. But no, it became a it, – it immediately took its took life on the conservative ecosphere, and that was the truth. Yes, there were all these fake votes, and no one is, a, and they're going to be talking about that on Fox News in five years about the time that forty thousand votes appeared in Philadelphia for Biden, uh, even though it was completely false. Even like let's say by the time it's January twentieth and Biden is sworn in, do you think they can still pull out these? I don't want to call them legal arguments, but try and still go to the courts and see if they can get anywhere with that. I, I don't I do not think so. Um, I don't think Trump himself is ever going to concede. He'll continue to say this was fraud. It doesn't matter 
what the truth is. I will have to see if something crystallizes in the next couple of days, but it just doesn't seem like got anything here. I would like to think that the, if the Supreme Court even thought there was something remotely serious here, they would take it uh, take it on before Inauguration Day and, and not, not after. I mean, let, let's be serious. The judges on these, the Trump judges are the same people sending these conspiracy theories around. They're ready to believe them. They're ready, open. They're waiting, waiting for Rudy Giuliani to bring in the proof of millions of Hispanics voting, being bust in and voting illegally. Uh, they're begging for that evidence. Uh, the problem is it's just not gonna, it's just not un- unlikely to appear. And even if, even if some, they can mock up something, you're talking about at this point, invalidating hundreds of thousands, <laughs> like you're talking about invalidating think- a lot of votes. <laughs> That's the difference, right? Like that's the difference between um, a Bush v. Gore, uh, where George Bush had a very nominal lead in Florida, and the the Supreme Court decided that that was it. Uh, here, Joe Biden uh, has a lead in Georgia, has a lead in Pennsylvania, has a lead in Arizona, has a lead in Nevada. Like these are these are several states that you would have to fight a legal front. Uh, you know, like it's. And and you would you need to, the decision has to be these votes have to be casted aside, thrown out. They don't count. And that's just like that that would be a monumental decision. And you also have to convince these judges that Republican officials in all these states are rigging the election for yeah, Joe Biden against Donald Trump. Not only that, uh, the evil people Arizona. rigging these elections are don't apparently like any of the democrats in the house and the senate they just like joe biden apparently (laughs) because uh yeah guess what the republicans aren't challenging any of those fucking results (laughs) shockingly apparently democrats are are amazing at uh at creating election fraud, but but they don't actually uh, help out their they senators. They won't actually win. I mean, yeah, my girl don't... Hillary screwed it up last time by busing all those illegals into California to vote for some reason. I don't know why she did that. Seems like bad strategy. I'm not a legal expert, but I don't see a path here. I think it's just too many states uh, and, and the actual decision that it's not just stopping the count, it's we have to actually throw votes away, is just a bridge too far. Even for the most conservative judge uh and even for this supreme court yeah i think this is i think it's over i i do think that uh it was really funny when trump came out and was like stop the counting but then it turned out that biden was ahead in a bunch of the states so he was like keep counting some states <laughs> and stop the counting in, in other states and then there were it was literally like that episode on a veep where there were two sets of protesters like keep counting keep counting no don't count the votes and then it turned out it was that they should count the votes because they were going to favor him. So they like switched sides and they were like, don't count. (laughs) The point is that they didn't have any kind of concerted strategy. So they came out and they were like, count some of the votes, but not the other votes. Count the good votes, but not the evil votes. Uh, Also, I won the election. Like it's not like it's not (laughs) not a lot of confidence coming out of these these pronouncements. Yeah, it's 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 just a complete laughing stock at this point and i'm hoping it gets thrown out very soon the supreme court might something might click because i don't think to so to be totally frank to be frank maga world isn't taking this very well as you might expect <laughs> <laughs> some of them so, there's some of them maybe are a little emotionally unstable but but my point is and again I, i'm going to be totally honest like who these the judges that are making these decisions are watching Dan Bongingo. And they're like, Dan Bongingo is, yeah, all the things he's saying are correct. And they're watching uh, Buck Sexton. And they're watching John Miller. And they're watching Tucker Carlson. And they're watching Sean Hannity. And they buy into these worldviews. They are so prepared, so prepared to hand Trump the election. They just need something to hang their hat on. Will the Republicans be able to cobble together enough to hang their hat on possibly well stay tuned for next week <laughs> we'll see <laughs> the funny thing is i'm not even babbling about how destabilizing this is to our democracy republicans in eight years have managed to completely destabilize one of the most one of the most what was previously one of the most stable democracies on earth that's actually really funny if you think about it <laughs> sorry go ahead
and also very <laughs> sad. Yeah. Oh no, it's ha- horrifying, but it's also fucking sense. hilarious. What I see here is if this. I think the plan was for this to come down to maybe one or two states max, and for it to be a very close election uh, within a. Th- couple thousand votes and and maybe then some kind of legal action in one specific st- uh, state could have enough credence uh quote-unquote credence i don't actually mean it like in, in in genuinely but at least enough to get it through the courts and get it up to the supreme court and perhaps hand donald trump the election now that it's several states and the margins in a lot of those states are not particularly that close over twenty thousand in in most of them i don't think that's that's going to be uh feasible in any way and on top of that you know i think there's going to be not the maga republicans but i think uh there's going to be a lot of republicans that say you know what we have the senate uh, the House is within our re- our reach. M- midterms are always more favorable to the cha- quote-unquote challenging party than the incumbent party. We're going to have the House and the Senate in a couple of years. There's no way we need to just uh, to hang our hats uh, to, into this and and ruin our entire reputation. Like we have enough to stop Joe Biden from doing whatever he wants to do. There's just no point in in actually going through a legal recourse just to save Donald Trump. So do you think that uh, Trump is going to barricade himself in the White House and then we're going to get to see a bunch of lanyard wearing security guards with walkie talkies just like awkwardly try to chase him around in the Oval Office and drag him out? I hope so. I mean, I honestly, I do. I hope this. We deserve it. Yeah, it is. I shouldn't hope for this because it is destabilizing, and it's not great for our democracy for for an incumbent president to uh, to challenge the election results all the way up to inauguration day, and and have the Secret Service like forcefully like kick him out of the White House. Uh, But just just in terms of catharsis, just just that vision that 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 would feel that would that would be amazing. I don't think so, though. You don't think so? No, I, I think it's going to take a while. He's not going to change his mind tomorrow, but I think at some point within this transition, uh, he might still say that the election was not legitimate, but he's not going to. He's going to fight it after. Going to say that. Yeah, I think he is, but he's he, he's going to fight it after. And he either him like what I do believe is that Trumpism as a brand is going to go on. Uh, and it's not necessarily going to go on with with Tom Cotton and, and others. It could go on with him and his family. Um, so that's something we're probably going to have to look out for. Oh, here's the line from the Biden campaign. As we said on July 19th, the American people will decide this election. And the United States government is perfectly capable of escorting trespassers out of the White House. That That is yeah. badass. Yeah. And again, I shouldn't hope that it comes to that. But part of me just wants to see it. But the, it's funny because it it just doesn't seem like like Joe Biden's not going to have to get escorted out of the White House. I doubt the Republican who replaces Joe Biden is going to like is is this is Trumpism like a transitory thing or is it how, like you, I, you kind of spoke on this when you said his family is prepared. But I mean, are I mean it's get it's it's embarrassing even for like the people who were ready to embrace the crazy populism like Fox News and. The New York Post. It, it's it's embarrassing even to them at this point what Trump is doing. So I don't know, I don't know if 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 Trumpism is going to be the future of the Republican Party. I mean, Donald Trump got seventy million votes. He is the uh, the candidate that's got that has received the second most votes in American history. Obviously, Joe Biden being number one. He surpassed Barack Obama number in two thousand eight. 2008 who was the previous number one uh, and i understand like obviously there's population growth and, and a higher participation rate it's not the same but if if, the, if one if i learned one lesson uh, out of this election is that trumpism does the popularity of trumpism does not seem to be deterred with the more racist and the more fascist donald trump got if if anything it looks like it grew in popularity uh and that's that's i think my concern and and what if there's one thing despite all the joy that i'm feeling right now if there is one concern and and one thing that really got me 
anxious and depressed was seeing the increase in in uh and votes for for donald trump uh that's despite the fact that he completely mishandled the pandemic despite the fact that the economy is, uh, is still in pretty poor shape even though it's 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 gotten better in terms of the job numbers but even the people that actually went back to work a lot of them have to go back to work in very unsafe conditions because hey a hundred thousand americans are getting infected with the coronavirus every single day and people are still dying and mass so yeah i think trumpism is is a brand that has at this point probably replaced the republican party maybe the maybe there's going to be some reasonable republicans that may find a way out but i lost faith in reasonable republicans a decade ago but do you think it'll be like a do you think it'll be like a trump light where it's like all the all the dumb social grievances but you know not really no 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 i don't when when trump is maybe kicked out of the white house i i'm hoping that he'll be arrested on some charge that he's been able to avoid because he was president what i think is gonna happen is that if he doesn't run again in the next election then trump jr is gonna run again or trump jr is gonna run I don't, I don't think he's, he's not, no one, there's no other Donald Trump that exists in this world right now. Oh, thank God. Thank yeah, that's fucking the, God. Yeah, that's the rub, right? That there's not really someone who can work his magic on the white working class and make them pour out of the woodwork like Trump can. Yeah. Right? Like if you compare 2018 when he wasn't on the ballot to this year when he was on the ballot, like the only person I'm thinking that may be able to do something like that is Tucker Carlson. He runs for the <laughs> I mean that's not that's not out of the realm of possibility. I've I've but thought about Trump, that too. But nobody is the white works the non college educated. I, I shouldn't even say white working class because I think this is this is it's a rural. Not it is a white phenomenon and this is a rural phenomenon. It's an un, uneducated, not no college degree phenomenon. So it's all those things. Uh, I feel like Trump is the whisperer for those people. Look, Donald Trump is a very stupid man. He's not very bright. He's not very clever. He's not particularly a good communicator. Uh, he just told it like it was in terms of how he felt. He let out his racism. He let out the fact that he cares more about himself uh, than the country. He uh, he was he, he was very firm about his authoritarian beliefs, and that resonated. Uh, the only reason re uh, Republicans previously did not take upon uh, that that same kind of stance was because they saw it as undemocratic. They saw it as anti-American, and they did not dare deal with the dark populism of the American electorate. Now that they see that that dark populism could get seventy million votes or more trust me there's going to be more genuine attempts uh, towards towards that side than ever before and that's something that we have to be aware yes this is a victory but we have to see that the other side this attracted a lot of people and it can attract more people because donald trump got almost 8 million more votes than 2016 mm. if he had gotten the same votes he got in 2020 and 2016 not only would he have washed hillary clinton in the electoral college he would have won the popular vote so I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't think you can put this genie back into the bottle. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are, that are going to be wanting to to replicate that magic. And at some point, the somebody will. saying, hey, Bernie would have won and would have taken all these lower seats with them. I'm I was, you know, I was a Bernie supporter. I was critical of, you know, the Democratic National Committee. I was highly critical of uh, Joe Biden, too. I'm very skeptical that Bernie would have uh done better here um or even i, I think he could have squeaked it out it would have been a different map uh but i, I i'm skeptical of this idea that yeah, yeah bernie would have won and dragged all the the lower the lower seats with them um that being said the argument is i guess the argument is well look in a lot of these states the same people who came out for donald trump uh were not this sort of left-right divide voter that you would normally have. And they, the same people who voted for Donald Trump voted for marijuana legalization, uh, support things like Medicare for all, a higher minimum wage, things like that. So I guess that's the argument that these people are not, they're not voting, uh, they're voting for Trump and they're voting, but they're doing it to vote against the system, quote unquote, and they're 
they don't have uh, heterodox political views that fall into the right left. After the primary, I pretty much stopped believing in that whole uh, notion that Bernie Sanders had the ability to turn out a wave of new voters uh, and they were just going to create this massive movement. uh, And and that was going to lead not only to him being president, but also to helping a lot of uh, House races and a lot of Senate races, not, not only just for Democrats, but for more progressives or leftists. Uh, yeah, maybe, but I here's I mean, the problem I, with the Democratic Party. There's basically two parties within the party. There's a very yeah. left wing Democratic Party and a very moderate Democratic Party. Now, if only that mm-hmm. was just America and that was the Republic, that was the Democrats and Republicans. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and not this okay. other yeah. just fascist but, yeah, crazy yeah. side. Yeah. Like at 70 yeah, million that would be cool debating <laughs> how are we going to pay for Medicare? I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Let's debate it. Well, you know, that's actually because we, we got pretty negative there for quite a bit. But one of the many, many, I think, positive things uh, that, that, that I see is that we can have a, a little bit more sensible debates. You know, we're going to have a president who yeah. is moderate. And that's not something I love. But I'm looking forward to criticizing... Uh, the fact that his climate change plan isn't bold yeah, enough. Exactly. <laughs> like that's, I very much look forward to that. Um, or that hey, we're we're still not pulling enough troops out of Afghanistan. I want that to be my main issue. Yeah, I want that to be my main issue. Not to not to minimize the war in Afghanistan. It's very important, but it's like compared to this insanity that has happened, or this pandemic, or the economy being the way it is, or or, or an, uh, a completely cruel immigration policy, a ban on Muslims, uh, uh, you know, Muslim countries uh, flying into America, uh, which, what does it matter now? No other country lets us in anymore because of where we are. Uh, All of this, like, I, at least, you know, I know, I know that the Democrats are probably not going to have a Senate majority, and they're going to have a slim House uh, majority. Uh, But there's at least a lot of things that I can celebrate. We're, We're going to go back into the Paris Accord. Right, Woo-hoo! that's great. Maybe it's not enough, but it's it's a, it's a great step in the right direction. Um, Stephen Miller is not going to be writing our immigration policy anymore. Yeah, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that we're we're going to have a very um, uh, a very open immigration policy, and it's it's still not going to be a, a you know militarized. Like, yes, there's still there's going to be some of those issues that even happened in the Obama era, but it's still going to be a, a step. Uh, in the right direction, we're gonna be. We're gonna have somebody who believes in the scientist, who believes that hey, who, who wants to tell people hey, wear masks. Who's not gonna hold a rally just because he wants people to to lavish him with praise? He believes in external reality. He doesn't believe that just by believing hard enough, he can shape reality around his dumb brain. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so like. So basic, but it's like just having this back again. I, I, I'm elated. I, I, it, the the bar should not be this low, but I'm glad we cleared it at least for once. <laughs> like for the first time in four years, we cleared that stupid low bar, and we're a better country because of it. We've temporarily defeated fascism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I look forward to the future, and it's the first time I can say that in a while. President Obama was elected. Um, when he were asked, he would ask for a burger. They would ask, he would ask for Dijon mustard. And Fox would always like comment on that. And I'm, I'm glad for that day to come <laughs> back again. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I want Joe Biden to wear a tan suit on inaugur- inauguration day. <laughs> I can't wait for Fox to be like, what the hell is the president doing eating Dijon mustard? It's America. <laughs> Yeah, we did it, guys. It feels good. Anything else you want to say before we close the show? I say this very sarcastically, and I am an atheist, but for the first time, I'm going to say this very rarely. God bless America. Yes. Anything else, Daniel? Take a day off politics. Relax. Hang out with your family, your friends. Watch some anime. Have a drink. Do do something fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, keep fighting. Tomorrow tomorrow after you relax so you know i just wanted to end it on a note because it has been a long four years and in 2016 
we saw the rise of a of a pretty powerful force, right? Maybe not uh, in terms of winning the popular vote, but it was able to claim states that we didn't think was possible. And after Trump got elected, after he became president, we saw a very ugly side of America that was always bubbling underneath the surface. But after he became president, it just burst into the light. It was a side that was you know, legitimized and it was emboldened now by the president of the United States. And it's something that we've had to deal with for the last four years. And in this election, you know, we that that same force showed up again, and it showed up bigger. <laughs> it showed up stronger than 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 even before. But this time around, it was met by something even bigger. It it, it you know it was it's this it was this uneasy coalition right between moderates, centrist Democrats, liberals, leftists, and yeah, even some Republicans. But it was people that may not agree on, on many things, but I want to say that it's we at least agree on a few things. We agree that Donald Trump, Trumpism, and his base may indeed be a dark part of who we are, but that doesn't mean we can't do better. We can, and we must. You know, we believe that America isn't just a land of wealth and opportunity, but it can also be and must be a land of kindness and inclusiveness. That cruelty should never be the point. We believe that democracy can die in darkness, but it's always within us to be able to cast the light. You know, to those that voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, I want to say thank you. For those that donated, volunteered, or just did some outreach to your friends and to your family um, to help them see what's going on and help get another vote, I want to say thank you to you. To Sam, to Daniel, <laughs> you know, I want to say thank you, you know, for joining me both on this podcast since we started several months ago, but also, you know, for your friendship during these <laughs> these very difficult times. Thank you, thank Gus. Thank you, Gus, for everything. And to our listeners, I want to say thank you. Congratulations. Celebrate safely. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Friendly Reminder.